Money FM 89.3, best of prime time. You're listening to Primetime on Money FM 89.3. I'm Rachel Kelly. Now, gold regained some of its sparkle towards the end of 2021. Full year numbers were boosted by a strong fourth quarter, which jumped almost 50%. The World Gold Council says this recouped much of the COVID 19 related losses sustained during 2020. But the question is is this trend set to continue in 2022? We're joined now by David Tate, global CEO of the World. Gold Council to find out. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Good to have you with us. So let's talk about these strong numbers that we saw towards the end of 2021, boosted by Q4. How do you think that's going to ripple into this year? Well, it'll be interesting. But uh, I think obviously the the big story, especially later in 2021, was the recovery in the consumer demand. Mm. Jewelry bars and coin demand was up across pretty much all or most of the major markets. I think as the economies continue to recover from the worst of COVID, as we've just described, especially in the UK, we expect economic growth and I think a lot of pent-up consumer demand, especially in the East, to remain and continue to be robust in 22. I think also gold, clearly, which is very topical at the moment, will find support as an inflation hedge. I think obviously investors look to protect themselves and risk and mitigate the, the risk of rising costs. I think the speed and strength of interest rate rises could create a headwind, though. But I think on balance, I think you're going to see a positive story. Our recent survey results, incidentally, highlight that many gold and non-gold institutional investors said they want to increase their gold holdings over the next three years. I think some of the firms are looking to structurally change their strategies, and this concurs with some of the conversations I've had, to adapt to ultra-low interest rate environments. And this means that investors would probably choose to push into riskier assets. Mm -hmm. And the irony of that is that they may need and they should have gold um, to offset some of that hedge. Yes. And then lastly, don't forget central bank. Gold is tied, tried and tested tool for them. And I think it's very likely that that will continue. We've seen nothing to the contrary. So a positive outlook. That's good to hear. And as you mentioned, consumer demand back in action as well. I'm curious, though, how have you seen gold demand and investment trends evolve on the back of COVID-19? Before we, we started this conversation live on air, we were talking about that it's been two very long years, and it has indeed been in many industries, have had to pivot, change, evolve, restructure, re-strategize. What has this meant for gold and the gold market, the gold sector? What are some of the key changes that you've seen and anything that's surprised you particularly? Well, I think what we saw essentially was very typical and unexpected Mm -hmm. because as economic and financial uncertainty rose and this drove institutional investors to gold and many people to gold, resulting in clearly the record high gold price, which we saw, and also the record flows into ETFs. We saw a combination of lockdowns and economic uncertainty also depress consumer demand. Again, unexpected. But now that we're through, I believe, the worst of COVID, at least here, as I said, there are a couple of longer term impacts I see. I think COVID has obviously reminded us more than ever to prepare for the unexpected. And clearly one of the roles gold has, I think most people will agree on, it acts as a risk mitigator. It can Mm. diversify portfolios and remains the ultimate safe haven. I think nothing's uh, the last two years, if it's done nothing else, has ratified that in people's minds. But I think more importantly, I think the second area is digitization. Lockdowns and the closures of literally physical shops has reminded us the need to capitalize on the benefits of e-commerce, the internet, and digitization more more broadly. 
And the retail gold market in particular, I think, needs to take more advantage of this. I know Asia is particularly advanced in this, but the West is not. And continue to develop online gold offerings. Incidentally, the World Gold Council is working with the industry to increase access to gold. And so the heart of, and at the heart of this is digitization and tokenization of the asset class. And very much look, look forward to telling you about that later. And speaking of tokenization of the asset class, you know, often when we have conversations with market watchers when it comes to commodities or digital assets, many compare gold as being more traditional for an older generation of investors. And they say that in comparison to, say, for example, digital gold and Bitcoin. What are your thoughts on that comparison? That's one of the longest and largest conversations I've had over the last 18 months. <laughs> it's, it's endless. But although both gold and cryptocurrencies, as I say, have limited supply, I think they're very fundamentally very different assets. Mm. They perform differently. And this can be explained by their very different, shall we say, demand profiles, as an example. Gold demand comes from a wide range of economic sectors, jewelry. Demand accounts for about 30%. Gold is also used in technology. For example, also in medical and semiconductor industries, uh, you know, the space program, the James Webb telescope, it's used everywhere. And it's also a reserve asset used by central banks and an investment asset to diversify, as I've said. And although although Bitcoin has and other crypto assets have um, this perception that they're a, a store of value, I think gold is very, very different in this regard. It's worth noting that the correlation between gold and Bitcoin is also very low, suggesting that gold and Bitcoin are not at this moment behaving as substitutes. Cryptocurrencies have a very different risk profile, obviously. Recent volatility is one example. But also, as we've noting most recently, the regulatory and tax regimes for cryptocurrencies is not yet settled. And I think that dynamic, the way cryptos operate, is going to change fundamentally. And, you know, clearly gold has been around forever and is embedded in the financial system. Investing in cryptos is obviously not without risk. And it's very much a horses for courses world in that regard. But gold can uh, obviously mitigate some of that mm. risk. And I think, you know, so if you are ironically thinking of investing in cryptocurrencies, especially as they become more regulated, I think more people may become attracted to them. It's logical to me, not just something you would expect me to say, but it's logical to consider investing gold at exactly the same time as a form of mitigant. However, we recognize that the younger generation in particular likes to trade online and attracted to digital assets and through contemporary means. And that's why we're working to ensure maximum access, as I previously mentioned. There are many gold digital products out there, but we're, we are supporting the industry wholeheartedly trying to scale up this digital access. We're speaking with David Tate, Global CEO of the World Gold Council. Then how do you see that evolving and by what means do you, do you expect access to digital gold assets increase over the year ahead? What kind of form are we looking at? Well, I think this is part and parcel of, uh, of our program, which we're calling Gold 247. Okay. It's a program we launched around about a year ago. It's got three or maybe four major objectives to it. And without going into granular detail for your audience, it's essentially going to solve and set out to solve accessibility to gold, essentially make gold accessible, ubiquitous, completely accessible 24-7, if at all possible, across the entire globe. There are some areas of the globe that are far more accessible than others. And you could argue that there is good access to gold, but we are trying to make it completely ubiquitous and easy to do. The second thing we're trying to achieve is solve, for once and for all, gold bullion integrity, i.e. provenance of gold, such that uh, you know 
exactly what you're buying. You actually know exactly where it's from mm. and you're comfortable with that. And in that context, we're working very closely with the LBMA, the London Bullion Markets Association, to implement a system into which all gold will be submitted and eventually create an ultimate gold, a golden ledger such that everybody knows where the golds come from and that you're buying the right thing. And the last thing we're trying to create is fungible markets. Now, fungible markets is a, a fluffy word. Basically, what I mean by that is that gold markets of the world, and they are all a little bit different across the globe, can join up and trade gold. That might sound very simple, and essentially it is. But right now, each of these markets trades a different type, a different shape, a different grade, a different color almost of gold across the world, which I'm trying to solve such that gold becomes an easily tradable financial asset across the globe and is almost agnostic of shape, size and grade. And in doing so, I believe um, gold becomes a brand new asset class in people's eyes. Talking about global gold standardization. Essentially, yes, and that will, that, will, that will make each of these gold markets across the globe interact with each other. It'll make it very easy to buy gold in one part of the world and sell it in another without having to jump through the many hoops that we have to now. So fungible gold markets, I think, will make gold into almost a new dollar, a new currency people have never really considered before. The second thing for 2022 that we want to focus on is something I'm, I'm uniquely proud of that was created or started in India which is our retail gold investment principles and guidance. This is a policy. Basically, consumers have long recognized gold for its wealth-preserving properties and its liquid nature and stuff. But we recognize that trust is a major issue. So to increase trust and consumer confidence in the gold market, we developed this retail gold investment principles. And after intensive, hugely wide industry consultation, we launched the RGIPs in India. Now, the principles are very simple. It basically gets the industry to live by a set of standards and be audited and held account to them. But at the same time, we issued a set of guidance principles for retailers such that they know which wholesalers and retailers to go to, i.e. go to the ones who are conforming to these higher standards. And in doing so, I very much hope to change the trust and participation statistics, i.e. get more and more people to trust the product and raise participation in the industry. Um, That's one of the most important things, and we've rolled that out in India. It's been accepted in Germany by the Order Landers Banks, and we're rolling it out across the entire world, and I expect that to make a big difference to gold. Clearly, just moving on briefly to uh, our, Mm -hmm. with our miners and our membership, I expect to see people recognize the responsible gold mining principles uh, which our members live to and work very, very hard to adhere to. It's it's remarkable how much good a mine site does in some of these developed areas. And I'm very keen from a personal perspective, and I have a vested interest in doing this, to make sure that people understand quite what good um, the industry can bring to a region. Yes, it, you know, schools, education, health, these are important aspects that I think people need to understand. And I'm very keen to, um, to help people do that. And lastly, if you don't mind, the... the in 22, I'm focusing on reforming the London OTC market, which is not for everybody's interest, but it's very, very important. And trying to bring that into the 22nd and 23rd century very quickly, move that, that reform forward. And I'm working very closely with the LBMA to do that. So a big agenda, very exciting. But I think uh, we are opening up these markets, making them accessible, trustworthy and improving participation.
very big agenda and very big year ahead for you, David. One very last quick question. You mentioned supply there and miners. I'm curious, though, how have you seen supply dynamics alter over the past two years? And what does this mean longer term for the industry? You mentioned sustainable standards for mines. What are some of the key changes you think have come about as a result of COVID-19? Supply dynamics, well, they're an interesting feature of the gold market supply. The gold supply was down by 1% in 2021. Mm -hmm. And this was primarily caused by a drop in recycling. Uh, The growth in newly mined gold is sort of naturally limited. It's very expensive to mine. On an average, supply only really grows around about 1.5% a year. And frankly, in my opinion, it's unlikely to change much. But it's the recycling that makes the difference. Um, As you know, gold's liquid. And one of the reasons for this is that it's relatively easy for consumers to sell back their gold when they want to. And then the gold is then cycled. Recycling was down in 21 because of the lower gold price. Consumers tend to sell their gold when the price is high to bank that profit. It's natural. And not when the price is lower. And although COVID had an impact on supply at the mine site, it was a unique event. I, I, I really believe the longer term supply fundamentals will remain constant but robust. And I think as, as people become, as we shrug off COVID, I think people will add to that liquidity. Uh, but I think the overall picture is, is very positive. But the overall mine supply, I think is a very, very, a, a constant we could rely on. But I think as consumer confidence comes, comes back, I think the supply will increase. Okay, David. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today. We've covered a lot and I'm sure there's a lot more we could cover. But unfortunately, that's all we've got time for. It's a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. I'd be more than happy to revisit at any time in the future. Definitely. When you're next in Singapore, we'll have you in the studio. We've been speaking with David. We've been speaking with David Tate, Global CEO of the World Gold Council. You're listening to Money FM 89.3. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.